You are listening to your new puppies podcast, starting you and your dog off on the right paw. Here's your host, Debbie Salento. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of your new puppies podcast. I'm Debbie and today we are going to talk about how to use treats. So I wanted to do this because sometimes positive trainers get a bad rap because the thought is we come, we stuff your dog full of treats and say that they're trained, which isn't completely true. Yes, we use a lot of treats, but there's a specific reason behind it. And I think what ends up happening is that, you know, once we leave your house or you leave our class, you know, we almost miss the step of how do we stop using the treats once our dog knows the behavior. So that's why I wanted to do this here. So the specifically what I'm going to talk about is why we use treats, you know, what's the function of them when we use high value versus lower value treats, because I do talk about that a lot. And that is important because if we always used high value treats, then they would lose their value. And, and there is a, an important function to them. And how to come away from them. Like how and when do we know to stop giving them the treats and just expect them to do the behavior for us? Okay, so first, why do we use treats? And the simple answer is that because our dogs are motivated by them. The vast majority of dogs are motivated by food. And I know there's a lot of not non-food motivated dogs out there and there are some things that you can do. Um, most of the time, it's just about finding that food that is motivating for them. And I'll talk about that more when I talk about high value versus low value treats. So whenever we're teaching our dog something new, which is usually when, you know, your your trainer is walking into your home, you're walking into class, or maybe you're even just watching a YouTube video, you know, the behavior is brand new. You know, whether it's we want to teach them a formal skill like obedience, like sit, or we want to stop them from barking, or, you know, maybe they're uncomfortable with cars or trucks on a walk and we want to change their association. Maybe they're reactive on a leash. So, and we want to also change their behavior, say when they see another dog. So anytime we want to teach a new behavior or even stop a behavior, like first we have to motivate them to do it. We have to motivate them to act in whatever way we want them to act, even if it's as simple as put your butt on the ground. So we need to get them to do that behavior so we can reward it, so we can say, yes, this is what I want. And that's where the treats come in. It's just the most efficient way to get them to do the behavior. And that's the function of treats. We're, we're motivating them and that's why we use them. Now, the other layer of this is we also want to create a good association with the behavior. So sitting is fun because I always get a treat. Um, not barking at the dogs that go by when I'm on a leash is more enjoyable because I get rewarded for it. 
you know, we want to change the association. Even something as, you know, the cars and the trucks go by when done properly with treats, we can change their association. Instead of being scared of it, they're like, oh, a car went by, yay, that sounds like fun. And our goal is we do that so much that it becomes a habit and it just, it be, their reaction becomes positive instead of negative. You know, I always talk to my clients about like when their dog has this habit, like they bark at a dog every time they go by, like eventually they do it so often that they don't even know why they're doing it anymore. Like if you were able to like ask them, like, why do you bark at dogs? They'd be like, I don't know. It's just what I've always done. So we want to change that association is why do you, why are you calm every time a dog goes by? I don't know. That's just what I've always done. It, it feels good because in the beginning we created that association and the easiest way to do it is with these treats that they love. Okay, so that's why they're such an essential tool in the reward-based training, right? Because it's motivation and association. Now, the other essential thing here is the high-value versus low-value treats. So which treats are we using in what situations? And that, again, goes back to motivation. How motivated do we need our dog to be to start teaching them this new behavior. And what defines a high value treat versus a low value treat is going to vary greatly by dog. If you have a dog who isn't really that food motivated, it can actually be really frustrating because it's hard to teach them new things. So you might need to jump right to the chicken or the bacon or, you know, something like a fresh food that's that's meat-based. Those are usually the most high-value treats. But a dog who like gobbles their dinner down, like, you know, we've starved them for three days, even though they just ate two hours ago, their kibble might be motivating enough. That might be a high-value treat. So the actual treat that we're using that we call high-value, that varies. That you have to figure out with your dog. And we usually save the highest value treats for those situations where we really need to motivate our dog. Usually it's like a really ingrained habit, like the habit's been going on for a while and you can't seem to get nothing works, up the value of the treat. Uh, most of the time I'll jump right to a high value treat when, when a behavior is fear-based. So say a dog is afraid to get in the car, I will, I will start with a high value treat. When we move into a more distracting environment, like you could probably use their kibble in your backyard to work on recall. But when then we move up the distraction and say move to a park or, you know, we have people over and we want to work on recall, then we might need to up the value of the treat because we have to up the motivation. Okay, so don't be afraid to use those high value treats, but... Also, don't overuse them. I know, so helpful, right? Because we do want to keep that value of them. So if you find that your dog's just not listening or you're having trouble teaching the behavior, up the value of the treat because that's going to up the motivation. You know, that's why when I have a client go, Deb, no matter what I do, I can't get my dog to fill in the blank. Stop barking, stop jumping, walk nicely on a leash. I'll say, grab your high value treats and let's go. Now, when do we come away from the treats? When do we stop using treats? Now, this this is done in steps because we don't wanna just stop because then our dog's like, I'm not motivated anymore, but we wanna keep 
the good association with the behavior. So we wean them off the treats and we never actually fully come away from it because we always want our dogs to think, ooh, maybe I'll get a treat this time. So a rule of thumb that I've always used is if you're 90% sure that your dog is going to act the way you want them to or perform the behavior you want. So if it's nine out of 10 times, 90%, your dog is going to sit when you ask them to sit or is not going to react to the dog that went by or stops barking when you ask them to. That's when you can start to wean off the treats. And the first step to this is usually you can hide the treat. I always just kind of hide the treat behind my back when I'm doing this um, because, you know, you, you can put it in your pocket, but it still needs to be easily accessible because you still need to time it right. But your dog doesn't see the treat. If you have a real food hound, they're going to smell the treat and know you have it. But the point is, is like they can't see it. So you hide the treat behind your back. You ask them to sit. You call them to you, whatever it is. And then when they do the behavior, when they act the way they're supposed to do, that treat comes out of nowhere and they get it. So this starts to teach them, ooh, even if I don't see a treat, maybe I'm going to get one anyway. So that's always the first step. And then you start to maybe every fourth time they don't get a treat. They always, always, always get some kind of reward. Vocal rewards, praise, play. Maybe you switch over to a toy, any kind of life reward, which I'll get to what that means in a second. So there's always a reward, but we're just specifically talking about coming away from those treats because we'll always have our voice. We'll always have our attention. You know, we never have to come away from that. Okay, so then maybe... Every third time, we don't give them a treat. We give them some kind of other life reward. And that's how we wean them off. So we want to keep that good association, but we also want to keep them thinking, oh, maybe I will get that treat, okay? We are going to go from being a vending machine to being a slot machine. We're going to make our little gamblers out of our dogs. Now, the important thing here. I'll emphasize it again, is that we always have to give them some kind of reward. You know, a lot of times what what can happen is our dog learns a behavior, it's solid, and then we start to take it for granted. Like our dog coming to us when we call them. Like for the rest of their lives, they should always get a party when they come to you because that is the best behavior your dog can have. Um, you know, and we start to slack in that. Like when they when they drop something, when we ask them to drop it, we just take it and we walk away. Where, you know, we stop that that reward once they learn the behavior and that's when we can have digression. So again, our praise, our attention, you know, a vocal reward, that is always, always on the table. Always. And then, you know, anything that your dog enjoys. Maybe you grab a toy if you don't want to keep stuff in this body full of treats. It could be as simple as going for a walk, getting to go outside because they sat and waited by the door. Now, I actually have an episode, episode 31, where I go through a whole bunch of ways to reward your dog without treats. So if you want more ideas, then you can head over to that episode as well. It's playtimepause.com forward slash episode 
31. I'm also linked to it in the show notes. What motivates your dog is going to be so specific to your dog. You know me, I'm all about tracking things. Feel free to write it down. When you find, oh my gosh, my dog loves when this happens, write it down so you always have a running log of what motivates your dog. Especially if you have a whole family and like somebody discovers, oh my goodness, when I play tug of war with him, he'll do anything I want because he loves that game. Okay, so there's always, always a motivation, but it doesn't always have to be treats at this point. Once they learn the behavior, 90% sure they're going to perform the way you want them to, then you can start coming away from those treats. Okay, so that is the proper way to use treats. It's so incredibly easy to get stuck always having to have your treats on you. And that is all I have for you today. If you are enjoying this podcast, you can rate and review it, and that helps other dog owners find the podcast. And if you'd like to continue training with me, I have both virtual in-person sessions and of course my four-week puppy course. You can check all of those out on my website, playtimepause.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.